Welcome to the Creative Wellbeing Podcast, a series of real and raw conversations supporting the connection with your unique creative voice to inspire a fulfilling and beautiful life. I'm Jess Fitzgibbon, a musician, writer and creative mentor, and I'm so grateful to present season two of Creative Wellbeing. First of all, a big thank you to those of you who have donated to the project. I appreciate your support so much. Um, You've helped me to continue to expand, explore and share about the power of connecting with our innate creativity, which in turn fosters an incredible sense of well-being in our lives. If you'd like to donate to the project, I'll add a link in the show notes and you can also um, just pop on my website, jessicafitzgibbon.com. What I've loved most about this project is how it's invited me to connect with all types of people and learn more about how they're choosing to live their life. Um, Maybe it's the age I'm at or maybe it's the post-COVID climate, but I'm so inspired to see more and more people shaping their lives to work to their individual needs and desires, questioning the status quo. I thought I was living a pretty unconventional life the last 12 months, uh, swapping stability for adventure. But in actual fact, so many people I've been speaking to are on the same path. And although, you know, when we share stories, there are moments of fear and discomfort and it can be challenging, but it's 100% worth it. I've found that living so close to my integrity and authenticity to be so liberating. And it's amazing how the natural side effect to that is great health, happiness and confidence. So I started off season two in ceremony with the beautiful Cassie Polgar. And today we talk about how ceremony and ritual can be supportive practices to help ground us and access presence and gratitude in our busy modern lives. Cassie Polgar works in the fashion industry and has done so now for almost two decades. She's travelled to many different parts of the globe and lived in numerous countries abroad, along the way experiencing ancient methods and traditions which have expanded her consciousness across numerous lineages. Cassie pulls on a number of different practices and rituals on a daily basis to keep her balanced and grounded whilst living in Sydney, which is a very fast-paced and forward-moving city. She also studies tea, tea medicine and tea ceremonies under the lineage of Global Tea Hut. She has just recently started sharing tea ceremonies within her community these past few months and I've been honoured to join three of those sittings. When Cassie is not working or studying, she loves to be surrounded by nature, immersed in the ocean and staring at the galaxies high above us. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did having it. Beautiful woman, (laughs) thank you so much for having me in your space today. 
thank you so much for coming in and obviously sharing in ceremony with me and now conversation. So yes. thank you. So I met you mid last year, I think it was, at a tea ceremony and I was just blown away by the experience. Um, it really, I think the feeling for me, I felt like I was accessing something that was very old mm. and I thought, People have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. And I'd love you to maybe start by explaining to people what a tea ceremony is. How mm. does it work? How do you sort of prepare for a tea ceremony to start with? Mm. I don't want to give too much away because I think <laughs> it's nice for people to have the experience for themselves. Mm. But a lot of preparing for a tea ceremony is cleaning. Cleaning mm -hmm. is so much of a tea ceremony. Mm. Everything is cleansed and clean and prepared with so much thought mm. um, before we do the actual ceremony. And then once we're in the ceremony, we're also cleansing. And as you might have seen with the bowls and the water. And um, so we cleanse everything in the ceremony. And then after the ceremony, everything is cleaned again and not only is it just the teaware that's cleansed and clean we also honor the space that we share the ceremony in so mm -hmm. the space is also cleansed and clean and purified for the ceremony and then also honoring our guests we clean ourselves mm -hmm. and we ensure that we're clean and cleansed and prepared for the ceremony so there's a lot of um cleaning <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah yeah and what was your um, introduction to tea ceremony? Maybe tell us a bit about how it first came across your radar. Mm. There's a couple of different avenues of how tea came pretty much circled back into my life. Mm -hmm. She's always been there, but it's um, – and sorry, just to explain to listeners mm. in the lineage that I practice under – we refer to tea as she, mm. so she, her. Um, so if you hear me saying that, that's why. And the very first tea ceremony was actually when I was on a retreat with a f dear friend of mine. We went down to a temple called Nantian Temple, which is a female monastery mm -hmm. down in Wollongong. And I remember seeing... On the the like the agenda, there was a tea ceremony, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I can't wait for that part of the part of the agenda." <laughs> anyway, so um, that was very different uh, to the ceremonies I do, but um, yeah, it was really really beautiful, and it was served in these little cups, and I just remember like sinking in every single drop of the tea. Mm. It was so beautiful, and then. I came across Global Tea Hut, who is who I study under, through a beautiful woman called, I hope that I say her name correctly because I'm yet to meet her in person, mm -hmm. um, Balin Elspeth. Mm -hmm. And sh she goes under the name of Tian Wu in our lineage. Again, I hope I pronounced that correctly. And I came across her on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And she's a really mesmerizing and beautiful woman and so I was instantly drawn to her and her energy through Instagram but it, when I watched this video of her talking about Global Tea Heart mm. I 
instantly just felt this ping inside of me and was like, what is she talking about? (laughs) I need to follow this. So then I went onto their Instagram, went onto their website, started to read everything about them. And then I um, subscribed as they have a subscription model. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of how that part of um, Global Tea Hut came into my life. And then I actually had the honor of sitting with our teacher, Wuda, in Byron (laughs) and I think that was the first, yeah, that was the first time I'd sat in ceremony with the lineage because there's other people who were serving as well. Mm. And I had had a massive week of working and and I flew up to Byron for this particular sit and uh, I was very unrested, mm. so I was tired and he served the first bowl and I, it, this is why I'm sharing this because it's actually really funny, mm. but... Um, such a memorable experience and so something I would do (laughs) and I picked up the first bowl and I was so tired I dropped it on me (laughs) and I ended up getting like second degree burns all through my my leg yeah and and I remember looking across the room and at now who is Connor who um who is a yeah dear dear tea brother in Taiwan and I burnt my leg and I remember looking at him being like <laughs> and I couldn't even, and he's looking at me and I'm like, I couldn't even get the words out to be like, mm. I'm, I burnt myself. Like, and there was just some such beautiful people there who were like, cause I was like, I am not leaving a flowing up for this. Like mm. I'm sitting through this sit and, um, they were bringing me cold towels and getting all the heat out of my legs. Oh so gosh. it was, um, it was quite the experience and, um, it was, yeah, very memorable. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it is like quite mysterious, the process of how it works and it can bring some nerves. Like I remember mm. the first time I sat with you looking around the circle of women and um, almost sort of looking like, what do I do here? And I like that there's an element of it's really up to you to decide how the ceremony unfolds um but you can bring that nervous energy and it's also that silence and spaciousness that is there um I thought the same thing I've definitely been like oh my god I'm gonna drop this bowl (laughs) (laughs) can you please that I don't feel so bad about me doing it no 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 don't don't. everything's so like you know and the way you pour the tea is just so fluid and intentional and you know sometimes it depends on how you're feeling in the day you might sit down and I might be like jittery for whatever reason and do you know what I mean it's like everything is um illuminated and elevated the energy you bring to the space because we are sitting in silence um how do you prepare people who are first time tea sitters for the experience like do you give people any guidance on what to expect or is there like a ritual to introduce people yes and no Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't tell them what they're going to experience because it's different for everybody Mm. and I can only speak from my perspective and that's me and Mm. what I'm feeling at that present moment or in the past or what I've experienced in tea ceremonies so I don't definitely don't explain what is going to happen and how they may feel Mm. but I do give guidance which is something that 
I know not everybody does in their tea ceremonies, but I do give guidance on how to hold the bowl mm-hmm. and how long we're going to sit for. Mm. Just so that people feel comfortable for the time in that sense, because people can get like, how long are we going to be here mm. for? They can't stop their mind from thinking about those sort of elements. Mm. So instead of just letting, like, I'll just be like, I'm going to set that so mm. you can relax. A bit of structure. And also, yeah. yeah, a little bit of structure and also just the bowl because I think that's important to otherwise I've forgotten people. that. Yeah. <laughs> Today I was watching you hold it and I'm like, oh, I, there probably was some sort of guidance on that, which I've totally forgotten about now. That's <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. Whatever's comfortable for yeah. you. Um, is there but, a reason why you hold the bowl in a certain way? Yeah, there is. There's a, there is, there's mm. a functionality to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Mm. It, I also find too, like, cause it can be hot, mm, really hot. So there is also that element that helps you be able to hold it, but there is a reason why we hold it and mm. where we hold it. There's actually, yeah, yeah. meaning in all of it. Mm. Mm. So maybe um, because there's a whole lot of training, isn't there, that goes into becoming, um, what's the name for what you are and what you do? Is there an <laughs> official name, <laughs> tea ceremony person? Like, <laughs> uh, there's, no, there's no such thing as like uh, we do. So I study online courses through mm-hmm. Global Tea Hut and mm-hmm. then I hope to at some point go and see them and Mm. sit in person Mm. and study under them. But there's no such certificate or name or anything. If people ask me, I say I do tea ceremonies Mm. or I'm a tea ceremonialist. Yes. You're not a tea, it's not like tea masters or anything like that. There definitely Mm. would be tea masters. However, it takes so many lifetimes to become a tea master. Mm. And even my teacher is still very much about you know, he doesn't even say he's a tea master. Mm. And yet we all look at him as a tea master. Mm. He doesn't even like to be called teacher. Yeah. So, um, and in our, in the lineage, there's this saying, like saying, and he um, always brings it back to that. It's like the beginner's mind mm. going from zero to 10, 10 to zero mm. and always being open. And I think that if you have that beginner's mind at all times, you're never a master. Yeah. You're always a student. Mm. And that's something that I would think in my life is that I will be a student of the leaf forever. Mm. I will never reach that master point and nor do I ever intend to because there is so much to learn mm. and there is so many elements and practices that branch off mm. from tea. So there is the tea, but then there's all these other depths and places that you can go and explore. So mm. Yeah, I, I think the team masters are, um, yeah, yeah, pretty special. But I think they've, um, I don't want to say that they've passed on. I think there's definitely team masters in, in our world. Mm. But yeah, it takes, um, it takes a lot to get there. Mm. Mm. And in your study so far, like, what are some of the things that, like, right now in this moment? you feel have been quite significant and have stood out for you because there's obviously a lot of information that you're absorbing. Like what are the things that you're studying? Like, for example, maybe talk a bit about the tea itself. Mm. So there's all different elements to learn in a ceremony and the courses that I've done are different in Mm -hmm. all different ways so I did one ceremony that was for bowl tea 
which also incorporated a little bit of side handle, which is what we did had today. Mm-hmm. We had the side handle teapot. And then I've done one on incense and ceremony, mm-hmm. so learning about that. And then now I'm studying the seven genres of tea, which is going into all the different genres of tea and why they're all different right. and how they're produced. I'm only at the very start of that, mm. so um, I can't speak too much on that. But, yeah, they um, they do – yeah, they talk in depth about the practice mm. and tea and tea wear. Mm. But I do introduce the tea when we start the sit – because I think it's important. I personally like to to introduce it because I think it's nice for people to know the tea mm. that they're consuming. But also, um, I like to also mention that it's you know it's where it's from mm. and how it's sustainably harvested. Mm. So um, I think that that's a really important aspect too, mm. and that it's from Global Tea Hut. Mm. So mm. yeah, but there's um there's lots of different things that they touch on in in the teachings and there's also the practical side and then there's the philosophical side mm. as well. So it's really beautiful. They bridge the two together, which mm. I really like. Yeah. 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 Today when we were sitting, I sort of thought at one point, like I was thinking about the people who would have farmed the tea mm. and just imagining them harvesting it. And there's something beautiful when everything is stripped back to, you know, being in silence doing one thing which is drinking tea you start to notice the details like for me I notice the steam coming off the tea I notice the leaves and how they're moving the candle some flowers um and your mind like it it is really a meditation of sorts isn't it and your mind starts to starts to sort of wonder about things like where was this cup made and where is this tea from? And you start, like for me today, I started to think about the people behind it. And you've mentioned to me before, um, you're very intentional with everything that is there as part of the sit. Maybe talk a little bit about that and the makers that you kind of use. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that and for picking up on that. I am very intentional about every single element of it. And I think that's important too because it is a ceremonial practice. And, yeah, every single element that I use is either come from some other tea person, Mm. you know, who's either like they drink tea but they also make ceramics Mm. or woodwork or things like that. So I always like to bring in those elements of from those artisans but then also other artisans who may not be tea drinkers but Mm. who are local people that I know Mm. and community is a really big thing for me so bringing in you know flowers from the local farmers Mm. or from you know family-run businesses is is really important and then the tea itself is is crucial because we're consuming her so it's really important that that tea is clean Mm. and and even more so sustainably grown and Mm. harvested and for me I like to know where my expenses are going so for me if I'm going to spend money or Mm. invest time and energy into something I want to know that that money is going to the right people Mm. and so knowing that I'm supporting farmers on the other side of the world that are doing the right thing for mother earth Mm. is 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 everything Mm. So, um, yeah, and it's nice too because I think that when you get to that level of integrity when you're purchasing things, they actually – everything has energy and frequency and soul to it, but mm. 
the essence of it is it really comes through yeah when you can you can feel that there's someone's really put their soul into it Mm, for sure and you also mentioned that you use spring water for the water for the tea is there a reason for that yeah so I do only use spring water and I do my best if I can I have the space and time I'll collect it from an actual spring up in the mountains otherwise I um I purchase it and have it delivered here and there is a reason for that because you know tea is is growing from the heavens, the clouds, the rainwater, the earth, the soil, the minerals, everything of nature goes in to creating that tea and mm. that tea leaf that we then get to consume. Mm. So in order to honour her, we, we, we should use the cleanest, most purest water that we can, mm. and that comes from Mother Nature, from mm. spring water. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you can get it untouched as much as possible, then, mm. yeah, you're, you're as close as you can be to mm. to the great mother. Yeah, because there's an energy, like I've started drinking spring water at home um, and there's just an energy to it, like you were saying with the other things you use. Like when I drink spring water, it is energised water, <laughs> for, for, like the, all the electrons. I don't know all the science behind it. I think I'll probably need to put a link in the show notes <laughs> to, to tell people a bit more about the specifics. But you can feel like you feel revitalized after drinking. And also it's just the taste. Like if you have a drink of tap water compared to a drink of spring water, the way your body feels consuming the two, it's just so obvious the difference. (laughs) It so is. And they say, you know, that if you drink really clean spring water, it quenches your thirst. Mm, Yeah. And you need, you need less of it Mm. than you do of, of, you know, tap water Mm. or water that's not, Mm. super clean so Mm. I think that 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 says a lot in itself too yeah you know yeah so I guess like to talk a bit about ceremony itself um you know I kind of said at the beginning how when I do the tea sits with you it just feels like I'm tapping into this really I'm accessing this like old part of my humanness that's even a word um and there's other things in life that can do the same thing like I think fire and you know even just bathing you can you feel really Mm. connected to just this older part of ourselves and I think ceremony and ritual used to be a big part of life and we're seeing things change and of course we've still got ceremonies in our lives like I'd say birthdays or even ceremonies like blowing out the candles on a birthday cake and things like that but the community-based sort of ceremony like the sits um, don't seem to be as prominent maybe as they used to be. And what do you sort of hear from people when they do your sits? Like why do you think having ceremony is so powerful? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. To me... I believe that ceremony is so powerful because it's creating connection. Yeah. And I do agree. I think that a lot of ceremonies have been lost over the years due to the society and the structures that we've built. Yeah. Um, you know, in our day and age. However, I do feel like there is a resurgence of it coming. And I, I feel that that's 
maybe happened since, I mean, maybe because I'm in it, I see it a lot more, Mm. but I feel like since COVID, I just feel like people are really craving more connection. Mm. And also they've had the ability to slow down and have space and actually build the most important connection, which is with themselves. Mm. And I think when that happens, when you have the connection with yourself and then you have this connection in a ceremony, once you experience that, then you really want it more and more. Mm. And then that in turn builds a community around Mm. it. And I do believe that, yeah, it's definitely connection. And yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like it's also to, as you touched on, it is ancient Mm. and I think that that's something that's really powerful is that it's not something that's new Mm. and hasn't just been created which I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that either I mean most ceremonial practices I would think would come from an ancient lineage Mm. but it is so incredibly ancient and I think that that wisdom gets carried through into the sits Mm. so yeah. And there's something about like how connection can still happen without talking. Mm, <laughs> it's, yes. it's like when you go, well, not that I go camping ever, which I want to start doing. But, yeah. So when I go camping, it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm sitting around a fire, which, yeah, I want to do more and more of, um, like even if it's a fireplace in a home or, you know, a pit fire at someone's house, there's often moments of silence that people can really feel comfortable with because there's like a focal point so the fire and then you know with this sort of thing it's the tea and it allows people to sit back and be in this comfortable presence of having these people around you and feeling connected to them but not needing to chat but you still leave feeling like you you know someone it's very intimate isn't it the tea sit yeah 100% and it's it's that's so beautiful that you touched on that it's interesting too because the the thought that kept coming to my mind is like yeah because we're energetic beings Mm. like vibrationally we're tapping into one another Mm. and we can feel that especially in a sit Mm. but it is such a vulnerable place to be and people do become very vulnerable in Mm. the sits so Mm. it's really beautiful I think because there is that space that's created. People can become vulnerable and then they feel held, mm. which is really important. But I also love, you know, you talking about the fire and that analogy too and the tea. It does allow people to have this meditation in motion. Mm. And so without having to sit there, close their eyes and be silent, mm. without realizing mm. they're in that space almost but yeah. they're moving and they have the tea. Yeah. And obviously the tea, she has her own energy and frequency yeah. and she will move through you mm. as she chooses and that too will elevate what you're feeling and mm. where you are and um, how you're experiencing the ceremony. So, mm. yeah, yeah, it's magic. How do you find it, like, um, emotionally, like, do you find... Well, first of all, like how often do you sit in a week? Like approximately, I'm sure it's different every week, but how often do you practice this with people and then alone? Mm. So I sit Monday to Saturday, I sit every day. Mm -hmm. I sit every morning. 
And then Sundays I drink matcha. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> Have a break. <laughs> yeah. Although last Sunday I did do a sit. So it, it, it varies. If I'm really feeling it, I, I will sit and have tea on a Sunday and have my matcha after. <laughs> um, so, yeah, every basically, day. yeah, pretty yeah. much every day. Yeah. And then the sits that I do, so basically I haven't yet, but I will offer a public sit mm-hmm. um, next month. Mm-hmm. And then I do private sits. Mm. So it's just sort of pretty fluent. Mm. I just allow it to, to be what it is. If people come in and they yeah. want a private, that's fine. And then yeah. I just sort of intuitively let myself be guided when I feel the mm. right time is to do a public sit. Yeah. I also don't have a space that's built mm. just for me to serve tea. So mm. um, I also am finding spaces, mm. but I'm very... Um, I'm very picky. Yeah. So it's it's got to resonate with me, the space that I'm going to serve in. Yeah. And then I'll mm. create that and mm. serve yeah. there. So showing up every day to a sit, like what sort of things will you notice about yourself in the sit maybe? Like I know that's a personal question to answer it however you want. And yeah. you could even think about the last week that's passed. But mm. just so people can sort of understand what can come up in a sit? Mm. So every moment in a sit feels different to me and things are always shifting and moving through me as I sit with tea. And in saying that, every, yeah, so every single moment is different, but mm. then the last week there's been, you know, I can go weeks where I just feel like Static, And Mm. then obviously there's weeks where there's a lot of emotions Mm -hmm. that come through. Mm -hmm. And the last week has been a combination of both. There's just a lot of things externally going on. So that can bring up a lot. And Mm. the beautiful thing about, you know, drinking tea and communing with her on a daily basis is it allows me that space and that time to release mm. and to allow it to flow through me, mm. come through me and come out. Mm. And I really, yeah, like I don't think I could live in this world without that, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. It keeps me going. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned to you with the, the big work schedules and things, it's yeah. it really gives me the ability to fuel me in mm. those days because I have that space to, mm. to let those things work their way through me. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Mm, Yeah. Do you find that some days, um, like are more still than others? And then how do you, how do you kind of, it's like, this is kind of similar to talking about meditation. Like when you have a day where your mind is super busy and you're restless with the sit, do you just let it be like, how do you sort of, um, guide yourself through the experience if it is a little bit more uncomfortable? Mm. I I don't bring any other elements in. I just let it be. Yeah. I just surrender and move through it. Mm. And she will, I know that she will just do mm. the work. Mm. She'll bring me into that state mm. of equilibrium. Mm. So I just keep consuming. Mm. Yeah. What's your relationship with with her? Like, it sounds like you have almost like, a, well, you do have a relationship with her, but it's like, is it with words? Is it a feeling? Like, how do you communicate? Mm. Well, I guess to other people, mm. there's words. Mm. But when I'm sitting on mm. my own, 
in daily practice, mm. it's a feeling. Yeah. It's just an instant mm. feeling. And a lot of the feelings that circulate around her are complete gratitude. Yeah. Just so much gratitude mm. to her, mm. the lineage, the yeah. farmers, Mother Nature, mm. every single thing that goes into mm. bringing her mm. into my home for mm. me to consume her. Mm. So, yeah. And I guess people used to do that with food, you know, and I know people still do it now. Like they'd say grace before eating and there was this, like, and some people still bless their food and there's this, it's a part of gratitude, isn't it? Just for thank you for allowing me to, because it's, it's keeping us, like, tea, maybe tea used to be like water and it actually kept people alive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's there's a part of it that you need it for survival and that's where the gratitude comes from as well because tea is so old and today too I was thinking about the tea ceremonies that would happen over all over you know the Asian countries and every country would have its different I'm going to Vietnam in March I'm like I wonder if they do tea ceremonies yeah Yeah, and I'm sure like every culture has a different and it's not just Asia there'd be the Middle East it'd be Americas it'd be you know there's I'm sure all across the world, even think about Britain, like they drink tea Correct, in a way yes. that is still intentional. Like having a cup of tea is grounding and there's this sort of every culture brings a different thing to it. But what is it about your lineage, I guess, that, um, I don't know, resonates with you? Do you know much about the people behind the lineage? Yeah, so I... Like, I've, as I've mentioned, my teacher, Wuda, mm. so there's him. And then obviously he has his teachers mm. that have taught him mm. and he's spent decades in Asia mm. living there. And, yeah, so as I mentioned at the beginning, I've met him mm. in a tea ceremony up in Byram. Yeah. And then I am hoping I can get to meet them sometime soon yeah. for a retreat. But in terms of going back, 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 yeah, back, 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 yeah. back not so much because mm. with this, I mean, we actually, yes and no. Yeah. Because a lot of it I, in the subscription model that mm. I talked about, we get magazines. Mm. It's just changed now from monthly to quarterly. Yeah. And in that, there's a lot of text about uh, old tea masters mm. and things like that. So there's definitely um, conversations mm. around it. But in terms of me, conti- like, um, I guess having, what's the word, like, yeah, like not so much conversations around it. It's mm. not in my teachings from mm. my, I guess, actually, no. Wuda does touch on it in, in his teachings as well. So, yeah, mm. it's definitely there, but it's not something that um, I know. Like in, you know, the Vedic tradition, mm. they tend to have their... They have, yeah, like almost like a family, not family tree, but like a line correct. of actual people Yeah, where this, it sounds like it's more... The word of mouth passing down. Yeah. And that's more important is the practice in itself perhaps. And there's a lineage of people there and that's part of the process. But it's also like we hear these stories throughout time. We don't necessarily know the author (laughs) or the person who made the story, but it's the practice or the story that matters most, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I could be completely wrong and maybe there is, and I'm just yet to understand that aspect of the teachings. So I'd hate to, to write it off completely, but, um, so far from what my understandings Mm. are, it's, yeah, there's a few, um, profound teachers mentioned in it, Mm. but as I said, it's not like um, 
like the Vedic tradition where it goes through the teachers mm. and you kind of, mm. yeah, yeah, you you have yeah. imagery and things of yeah. like that of them, yeah. But like you were saying before we started recording, it's just, it's so vast, the amount so of, vast. and like you could really go on so many tangents <laughs> with everything around the whole thing, so yeah. Yeah. When you were growing up, did you have any sort of, um, because obviously the ceremonial thing really grabbed you as an mm. adult like were there things as a child that you practiced in ceremony were there any rituals that you had growing up that might have been like really simple and you might not even think oh that's not a ritual but do you know what I mean rituals can be very simple like it's really habits in a way mm. like I drink a pot of tea every night after dinner now and I realized that I'm like well that's ritualistic hundred <laughs> percent yeah yeah it's interesting i don't recall as a child ever having any rituals or practices and I feel that it would I feel it was illuminated to me later in life Mm. but the way that it was it was brought to my attention was when I lived with people Mm. and then the people were like everything you do is a ritual and I was like what do you mean? And they're like the way you cook the way you eat even the way you clean everything you do and I was like oh (laughs) is it because I can't see myself, yes. so I'm just living how I believe to be true to me. Yeah. And so when that came up, mm. then that's when I started to think, oh, not everybody lives like this. Right. So, yeah, I guess that's a ritual. That's a ritual. Doing that is mm. a ritual. And um, Can you give some examples of the yeah. things that maybe your flatmates, I assume, or people you live with, that, what, what, what did they point out to you? Yeah, so I guess, well... Yeah, like very being very intentional when I cook and when I eat, I do bless my food. Yeah. I bless my food and my water every mm. single meal. Mm. Um, and I do not sit around any TVs or anything. Mm. I never have TVs on yeah. and I'd sit close to the earth as well. Yeah. So I guess they'd notice that. Yeah. Um, and I guess as well, like just with, I guess, talking to them about mm. things like my yoga practices and things like that. Mm. And then also like the cleansing of my mm. space and my, mm. you know, always always doing that Mm. morning and evening Mm. I was cleansing my body Mm. with you know different um modalities and things Mm. so yeah and also just being I am a little bit regimented so maybe that's another thing too you know always um journaling on a Mm. certain day but when I would journal there'd be tea and treats and like so things like that they kind of probably looked at and were like oh my gosh it's so special though like you even mentioned when um I got here that you'd cleanse the space with Palo Santo and how the gardeners got super curious. Can you tell us like what happened then? Yeah. So, um, just before Jess turned up today, I was cleaning the space, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, because cleaning is a really big aspect of preparing for a tea ceremony. And, um, there was three gardeners in the garden and I had the Palo Santos burning and, um, the doors were wide open. So they're going into the garden and one guy pops his head in and he's like, oh, that smells really good. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, it's Palo Santos. I'm doing a tea ceremony. I'm cleansing my space yeah. for, um, for, a tea cer- to, for a tea seat. Anyway, then another guy pops around the corner and he was like, oh, I thought it was Palo Santo. He's like, so you're doing a tea ceremony. Do you do these around the moons? And I was like, oh, 
not often, um, but um, yeah, whenever they, whenever I'm called to do them, I'll do them. And then the other guy came and then he's like, so what's the podcast about that you do? And I'm like, tea ceremonies. <laughs> and it was so, it was yeah. so lovely though, to see these, you know, um, men so curious about mm. what was going on in my space yeah. and the smell. Cause it is, yeah. it's just like, there's something sacred. You can tell when someone's being really intentional about setting something up. And I think, you know, I guess religion in a way gave that to people back in the day. And it, you might like, you know, I didn't really like anything about what the guy said, the guy, the priest said in church, <laughs> but, <laughs> whatever that guy's name is, but like, I didn't really pay attention much. Like I used to just zone out to the stories, but I remember it was the incense and the candles and there's, and I still like going into churches and the idea of going into a church. I should do that soon. I haven't done it. I do it when I travel often. Cause you're like, Same. Oh, it's a nice church. I'll say it. Yeah. But there's something sacred about it. And I think, again, that's, it's an old part of ourselves that piques our interest. And it's like, what's going on here. There's a feeling to it that grounds us, I guess, because we're in this like really busy culture and, how often do we really get almost, it's almost invitational when someone's setting up a space that's so um, beautiful. People are like, oh, can I join in? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what as well, just going back on the, the energy of sacred spaces and churches alike, mm. is that when I studied, uh, studied when I did Vipassana, yeah. one thing they said is like when you meditate, it's really awesome if you can meditate in the same place because yeah, okay. that builds the vibration and the energy in that space. And right. so it makes sense that churches and sacred places like that mm. where people come and they say their prayers mm. and, you know, put all that energy into those kind of places, mm. it would just keep building that energy. Yeah. And it naturally as energetic beings, we'd be pulled so into true. places like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. Um, just thinking if there's anything else that I wanted to ask. Um, I guess, like, what's your intention around offering this to the community um, when you have people that you, I don't know, do you invite people that you meet to sit? Like, how do people find out about you? And do you have an intention that you bring for their experience? And I guess even in, in the larger picture, like, your intention around doing this ceremony in general? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, as you know, but your listeners wouldn't know, I am still very new to offering tea. I have been sitting with her for about six years now, and I am still very traversing the top level of tea. There is so much to learn. Mm. But I felt really called in the middle of last year to start sharing mm. and I couldn't not act on that call. Mm. And what I have seen unfold since doing that has been so profound. Mm. It's just um, so beautiful and I feel so grateful to the practice. And my intentions for sharing tea is first and foremost for people to be able to have the experience with her. Mm. That is such a beautiful, as you know, mm. like connection mm. to create. And then secondly, it's to build that connection and community mm. and have that that space for where people can come and they can commune and mm. enjoy being around others, even if it is in silence mm. and dropping into a deeper, deeper state. 
So, yeah, and the way that it's unfolded too has been really beautiful and I have really just let it be mm. and I just I just put the first sit out when I did it and I did that and then it was like everything just kept flowing from there and it's really just been word of mouth, mm. which is the best way and yeah. that's how I want it to continue is just people having the experience like yourself mm. you know that was your third sit today mm. and you came through word of mouth mm. through people who had yeah. sat and I just I love that mm. so much and yeah. um yeah so that's that's how I do it and mm. obviously there's platforms like Instagram mm. where I, I share on that mm. but most for first and foremost it's come through people yeah mm. and every time I sit I also have this calling that comes up within me to share it with friends mm. and I keep thinking of like even though I'm going to be away for my birthday this year I'm always like oh this would be such a beautiful way to have to celebrate things I even said to you like doing something like that on New Year's Eve or it's quite a significant way to sort of celebrate or to bring in a new you know part of your life you mentioned earlier like a friend had you cleanse her workspace at the beginning of the year to set you know, the energy there. Um, but it is very much something I think once you've experienced, it's it's very magical and you just want to share it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful element too, is that it, it really just brings you back, back into a state of complete gratitude. Mm. And the beautiful thing is, yes, with tea ceremonies, you can honour those those rites of passages that we go through in life or those, you know, solar returns mm. or, or momentous moments mm. in life. Momentous, is that a word? Oh, it is now. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, that's it's a beautiful way to honour those. But I also find when I sit daily, it's like, wow, mm. life. I'm alive. Mm. I get to experience life again today. How blessed am I Like this is incredible mm. and to honor life like that every single mm. day is like mm. that's how I personally want to live yeah for sure yeah wow <laughs> thank you so much is there anything you'd like to sort of share to finish mm, no just a massive massive thank you and so much gratitude gratitude to you Jess for coming here today and sitting here and sharing in tea I just yeah, very, very grateful. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode and want to access more resources, please visit my website, jessicafitzgibbon.com, where you can also sign up to my newsletter. You can find out more about Cassie by visiting her Instagram, which I've linked in the show notes. <laughs>